0: Okay, so welcome to episode number 82 of The Space in Between, and in a minute we're going to talk with uh, Liam Brown, um, who I'm pretty convinced he is my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had such a good time sitting and, and talking with Liam. We sat probably f- together for like three-something hours uh, on, this, on this interview, and then he interviewed me for his podcast, Dealer to Healer. So you can go over to his website and hear the, the rest of the conversation after you hear you hear this one. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of uh, parallels in our lives um, growing up and also uh, just what we're doing with our podcast and kind of the, the blend of yoga and dance. So you can find out more in just a moment when we sit with him. And uh, yeah, what's happening in Nomadland? A couple of things. Uh, We're still online doing our morning rituals at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, This is Mondays and Fridays. We have a meditation. And then Tuesdays, Thursdays, I'm offering my movement class, Movement 109. And then we have usually a guest spot teacher uh, with our nomad teachers on Wednesdays. And those are, again, all at 8 a.m. That's happening now. It's happening every week. And we have other things. Yes, I will be back in the Hudson Valley, my friends, uh, July 5th. Mark your calendars. We'll be doing an in-person outdoor event at the beautiful, really special space Stonegate Farm in Newburgh, New York. Uh, That's on July 5th at 9 30 to 12 30. So Nomad teacher Lori Beers and I will be co-teaching a yoga class and then taking a the moment of pause for some refreshments and catching up with old friends and new friends and then we will do a movement 109 dance party so it's a mini retreat outside in the in the midst of a beautiful in a beautiful surroundings of Stonegate Farms That will be a really special event, and that is a kickoff to our summer series that's happening every Sunday at 930 in the Hudson Valley at Stonegate Farms through September. So there will be guest nomad teachers every week, and I think it's going to be very much needed to be with community again, be one with nature again, and, and your yoga practice. So you can find out about all of that over at Nomad Always at Home. And I am starting tomorrow my six-week program with a, a group of amazing human beings. Um, I, they're kind of all invited to this new this new series that I'm I'm opening up. Um, probably after we complete this, I'll be opening it up to the public. But it is our kind of a twist on our "Who Are You Becoming?" It's who are we becoming, our healing journey, and I'm just offering a a way to dive a little bit deeper in and looking at people's personal stories, working a little bit more one-on-one within the group to to just address some of our personal traumas that we're dealing with in these transformative times, as well as our kind of collective generational and institutional Uh, Traumas. we're looking at our stories and unpacking them and looking at how we have our bodies to hold these stories and how we can release them and manifest something new for ourselves. So um, if you're interested in that, you can go ahead and visit my own website, phoebeleona.com, and you can sign up for my mailing list and I'll send you more information when that becomes available to the public um. Yeah. So that is what we have happening in Nomadland and Phoebe land. And now let's see what's happening in Liam land. Okay.
1: So I am here with Liam today and we have never met and we connected through the gift of social media. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> and yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Instagram. And I think it was because you yeah. saw a post of um our mutual person Bodhi
2: yeah Bodhi I met Bodhi in Barcelona um when was it like Christmas time I went to one of his classes um and then we just like hung out a lot um and then he came on my podcast um and uh, talked about his book and the things he's been going through um but yeah he's an amazing amazing human being like
1: yeah
2: absolutely love him hopefully see him again soon
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't met him yet either, but I, well, I haven't met him yet, but we, we kind of connected through, through all of this uh, too. So, so yeah. And then you reached out and here we are now talking for the first time, connecting for the first time. And I'm so happy that, yeah, I'm so happy you reached out and can't wait to see what unfolds for us. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So
1: where are you? Lots
2: of laughter. laughter I know.
1: Yeah. So where you are? Where are you now, right now?
2: I'm in I'm in Manchester in the UK. Okay. Um, in South Manchester, in a place called Withington, um, which is just about three miles out of the city centre. Okay. Um and yeah, just working on a lot of stuff to do with my business. We're setting up this business called Yoga Rave. Um okay. which we put on events, which is kinda like I was, you know, kind of been watching what you're doing and your stuff and it's it's kind of got a little similar vibe in terms of like the movement but we're just incorporating manchester's very famous for rave culture and Mm -hmm. dancing hacienda and like the chicago scene came over here like in the sort of late 80s early 90s um so it's always been a big city for music. And then obviously now with the spiritual movement and the more holistic side of things really growing all over, the, all over the world, really. But like, yeah, um, especially in Manchester, um, I just wanted to do something to infuse the two and like the result is just like ridiculous. Like I've not even got my head around what it is yet. Exactly. Awesome. But something crazy happens in the space, um, you know, unlike you can. I have the ability of doing in a yoga class something some other energy some kind of like empowerment of transformation comes up um, but like it's full power you know and um, yeah beautiful beautiful kind of movement that we're making
1: what is it yeah because I saw that have you are you doing it online because I reached out to you and I was I saw you were but then you said you put it on hold so you moved from in-person experience and now online
2: yeah yeah okay. so, so during the lockdown we've been putting them on me and my, uh, my brother has been living with me since august so um he used to dj when he was younger and i was just like do you want to just do because obviously you, you couldn't have other people coming and going from your house and i was like do you mm-hmm. want to just dj these and we'll just do them online so we've been doing them every sunday so we've done we've done 11 now 11 awesome. raves i think i had maybe one sunday off no I didn't in the end and then we were doing when it was lockdown and it was like right it's gonna be three weeks I was like okay I'll do a dance like a dance party every night like we'll just dance so I'll pick two tunes or three tunes and we'll dance to them with all my people um and obviously that ended up to be eight weeks like yeah so <laughs> a, lot, a lot of shows man and, I yeah. a week off and then I like assessed it and I was like right okay I'll do it twice a week um <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of lost momentum a little bit because we were getting like a thousand people every. Like, oh wow! on, and then I like took my foot off it and stopped for a week, and it's not it's not as a. Uh, it's hard to get people, them back. People are moving about more now as well. Do you know what I mean? People are out and about. The, the city's getting busier, and the streets yeah. aren't as empty as they were. So, um but yeah, it's still good fun. I enjoy it anyway. Even if there was no one there, at least I just can dance. <laughs> <laughs> I songs, feel you like, like a crazed lunatic.
1: <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm curious to know you because you have a background in yoga as well, and yeah. so how did you transition? What did that transition look like? you know, or maybe even going further back to finding your practice of yoga and teaching yoga?
2: Oh, the tr- the transition, the transition from like being a normal human to uh, <laughs> being a, to being a yoga.
1: Sure. However you want to <laughs> label yourself as that.
2: Well, I've wrote, I've wrote a book about it. It's called Dealer to Healer. Um, yeah, so I've been the, reading it. Because obviously like with the dance scene as well, there's a lot of drugs involved. And when I moved to London, um, because I'm from like a, a working class place, I realized that I could get these drugs really cheap and sell them like... <laughs> Got it. Expensively in London, so that I was at university, and that's kind of how I paid for my whole education at university. Um, and then I, my mother died, and lots of other crazy things went into a massive depression, was suicidal, um, nearly ended up going to prison for a long time. Um, but that was like the catalyst nearly get, getting arrested was like the catalyst for me to start making change because I was like. Right, okay, this is serious now. Like, um, and it was at a time where I was really pulling back from that world. But when you're depressed and you're like looking for things to make you happy again, you sometimes go back to things that you thought used to make you happy. Yeah. So when I was really in the drug dealing sort of scene, nothing ever happened, like, I never got close to getting caught or anything. And then this, other time where I went back into it and I was I wasn't I was really actually going this isn't the life that I want anymore and I've not got the contacts and the connections because I've been out of it for a while and I don't want to be in them places but then I ended up getting caught but when I look back it was the biggest blessing of my life getting caught because yeah that was the catalyst I went to do the 12 steps of recovery and that made me like really contemplate God for the first time properly but with like you know proper geezers in these meetings who were like you know used to be thugs been in and out of prison and I was like okay and it was a, it was kind of a mishmash of all different people little old grannies you know millionaire businessmen all with this kind of this same thing this same addiction um, and this same kind of going my life's unmanageable um, I'm gonna hand it over to a hand it over to a power higher than myself, um, and so that was like the first thing. And then realizing that it was having a having a positive impact, and then that just kind of spiraled. That when I didn't go to prison, and my girlfriend took me to India, started doing yoga, um, and kind of got the bug from that. And then discovered the Sharon and David, the Jeeva Mukti yeah. founders from New York, um, and I was kind of like, ah, okay. Because I was looking for the style that like, I enjoyed. Because when you first get into yoga, it's quite overwhelming. You don't realize like the amount of different styles and yeah. different teachers. And when I found that, I was kind of like, "Ah, oh, okay. So it's, it's really traditional. And I felt like a lot of the traditional ones, when they'd come over, had lost the tradition in some ways. Like It was like a yeah. fear of the mantras, a fear of a lot of the teachings. And I didn't feel that was the case with their with their yoga. So um yeah, I discovered that and got into that and that's kinda like prob- that's pretty much their their way of teaching and their, the way they design their classes is probably um the most congruent with how I design my own classes in terms of using music and, you know, and quite powerful practices.
1: Yeah. so how were how old were you when you like was this happening when you almost went into prison and found a
2: returns man like 28 to 32 yeah okay and then so 28 to
1: 32 is when you found your your practice of yoga
2: yeah I think I was I think I was 30 actually because I would I wouldn't do yoga in the UK I would I had this weird thing where I wouldn't do yoga until I went to India okay I I was supposed to have gone to India in 2007 but when I was on that trip, my mum got ill and I had to come home. So I never went to India. And then it, so it was like four years later that I went. Okay.
1: Um,
2: and then, yeah, then just was like, was all I did when I was in, when I was going through depression, it was just like, that was my thought of my go-to thing. And rather than sort of looking for drug dealers, when I went to different cities all over the world, I was looking for yoga classes.
1: That transition. Yeah. It
2: was kind of more, more positive. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, that's a little more positive. Yeah. Not always as some... much
2: fun, but more positive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Yeah. yeah, but you get to somewhere that is more positive in the end. Yeah, totally. it's not, yeah. the journey isn't always that fun. It's kind of the flip, right, of the drugs. Like it's fun in the moment and then on the other side of it, it's not oh, so fun.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like for the, re- yeah. the week after, it's like horrific and yeah. it just builds up and builds up and builds up yeah yeah yeah, I think it's the same thing with with the yoga and your like um your spiritual practices you just build up and build up and it gets better and better whereas with drugs it builds up and builds up and gets worse and worse you know yeah first experience with drug can be quite it it can be a spiritual experience you know it can open different avenues different um, pathways in your brain and your heart but then when you start abusing it it's 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 not good you know I'd love to do all the drugs I used to do in a ceremonial setting. Now, do you know, just like in a controlled environment, just to see what it, what it did? Because we do a lot of, I've done a lot of plant medicines and things, not for, not, I've not for about a year, okay, Um, but now, but regularly, we put on regular cacao ceremonies. That's one of the things that I do quite a lot of, um, because I trained with a guy in Guatemala doing that so we yeah we've got one on Saturday actually it's the first one since since the quarantine
1: will will that be in person
2: yeah it's in person
1: oh beautiful so things are opening up now where you are Manchester
2: I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing it but oh
1: (laughs) we won't tell anybody we'll release this after so that they won't know when this (laughs) was.
2: I'm open with whatever I'm doing you know I
1: know I was kidding not like anybody's listening to this podcast for uh like wanting to arrest you for opening up too soon.
2: (laughs) He's got one extra person than he should have in that tent. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we're safe. I think we can release (laughs) this. I don't have to edit it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, So you were saying that you've done a lot of plant medicine and actually I'm, I'm reading your book right now. I haven't read the whole thing but I'm in the midst of it and I haven't gotten to the part where you experience for the first time, but, um. how do you want to speak to that like how you said you wanted you are curious to try the drugs that you used to in a controlled environment as a ceremony do you want to just speak to maybe the two experiences that you do have I mean it being you know drugs in an uncontrolled environment and then plant medicine in a controlled environment
2: um I think oh well I can't I can't imagine that any of the sort of recreational drugs that I used to do would even in that controlled environment, get anywhere close to like the experience of ayahuasca and DMT and um, peyote. Well, peyote is a little bit more subtle, but like the ayahuasca, um, you know, people are always like, how, how," you know, what was it like? What was it like? And you're like, yeah, it was, it's amazing, but it's, it's hard work. It's grueling. um, And you've got to be prepared to sort of really, look at your demons and be prepared to feel like you've probably died for eight hours and, <laughs> and come to terms with the fact you've died and then realize you haven't so it's that's quite not, I think I think the for me it got me really a lot more comfortable with the idea of death which is something that I think so many people in the west avoid to even think about it's like this mm-hmm. don't talk about that do you know what I mean it's like we should all be talking about it we should all do some work on it personally like have a think about what it's going to be like and then then you if you've not got any sort of spiritual practice or any idea of the soul and of this body as just a transient experience then hopefully that could take you more over that side because it's like well if i'm just the physical and i die what happens and then you might do some research into it but i think just to get comfortable with the fact you're dying it's like you know it's the most it happens to everybody it's guaranteed but yeah we that's we somehow don't want to talk about it you know it's yeah. more guaranteed than anything anything else that happens in your whole life yeah um, so um and then just to come to terms with that kind of um in yoga like a paragraha the non-attachment and it's you know, non-attachment to everything, how yeah. can I, how can I practice that, and one thing that helps you practice that is the realization that everybody is going to die, and for you to have a think about how that will, will, will affect you when it does happen, Um and I've got friends who talk about it, and with their children as well, and it's like, yeah, they've kind of really tried to step into that place of non-attachment, which you know normal people say you're heartless if you're kind of trying to practice non-attachment to your own (laughs) children but it doesn't mean you're going to love them any less or kind of care for them any less it's just like this kind of understanding that there is a possibility that they could be gone before you do you know what I mean it's not like that's never happened to anybody um and obviously I didn't have this education or this mindset when my mother died so it'd be quite interesting how would react to something that heavy now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it'd be a lot different because there's a lot of a a deeper understanding, especially with, yeah, especially with, with the, the plant medicines. Yeah. It's, it kind of just makes you realize that if, if anybody's a skeptic about, you know, the afterlife or other realities or other dimensions, it's like, go and drink ayahuasca for a week then you know what I mean just yeah. go and if you and then if you're still skeptical um I can I can deal with that you know what I mean but I don't I, yeah. I don't I don't know anybody who has done that and I still come out a skeptic
1: yeah well it's interesting when you're listening you were, when I was listening to you I was I was also the thought of um a couple of my teachers have been sharing with me is this idea that especially well life first of all is a ceremony And it is this kind of realization that this body is just temporary, as you said. Uh, Mm -hmm. But also what we're experiencing together right now with, you know, the pandemic and how even just the waves of what's happening too with um, Black Lives Matter happening now, it's somewhat kind of a a ceremony, you know, even just like what you experienced with ayahuasca, this great detox. We're bringing everything up. Yeah, all of that up to the surface and purging it right now all of these truths that have been here the shadows that have been here they're all coming up to the surface right now uh and so you had that experience prior to that and many other people have had this experience and do you feel like having that experience um somewhat prepared you for this moment that we're all collectively having
2: yeah because people are like why are you not like and reacting or affected by it, I'm like, well, because I've been reading about it for ten years to start with. Yeah, it's kind of all been planned. Like it's it's in a lot of like you know the um what's the document the the, Amer- the project for a new American century. Like a lot of this Illuminati stuff. You kind of I've read George Orwell's 1984. I've read order Suxley's Brave New World. It's exactly what's in the book, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything that they're trying to implement and bring out. Even like at the moment, like on radio stations and TVs, there's like this public public warning. And even in Huxley and even Huxley and Orwell, they talk about how none of it will make sense to like somebody whose minds opened, but to other people will just accept it because because the lie's so big about mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that it's unfathomable because yeah. the lies so big, you know what I mean? So it's like, I can't handle that in my brain. So I'm just going to go, okay. It's like, for me, it's like, I'm, 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 I like, I like football as well. And, um, what you call soccer, um, (laughs) and you know, there's this thing and they've like start, they're starting to play again and the players can play normally so they can like tackle, they can hold each other. They can be in a wall next to each other but when they score they're not allowed to celebrate they have to like do a fist pump so you can't <laughs> okay. cuddle or hug and I'm like so they're doing that all the way through the game and then people are just okay. like nobody's questioning it you know what I mean so yeah um I think but but what I'm speaking with with my people and my group and my yogis is this is an ama- we're living in the most amazing amazing time in history probably ever um and And it was very, like when I was in, the book is a lot about me being in Guatemala for the end of the Mm -hmm. Mayan calendar in 2012. And what a lot of the shamans were teaching them was like, we've chosen to be alive now. So many humans are on the planet because it needs so many light works to shift the energy. And you're like 2012, you're like, it's something, when's it gonna happen? Like, when's this big thing gonna happen? And like now in 2020, you're like, if this would have happened in 2012, you'd been like, yeah, shit's happening. Like, it's changing, and people think it—it just—it's going to just change positively. But the yeah. you have to go through this process, this dredging of, like you said, all these old values and systems yeah. are just going to be eradicated. And for that mm-hmm. to be eradicated is going to be treacherous for a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's going to be scary. It's going to be um, people are going to feel intimidated, frightened. Um, as if they're losing everything but that's kind of always what happens in a shift and I just tell my people it's like just whatever circumstances just know in your heart that you're happy and that you can survive anything and I'm like you know worst case scenario we all get put in a concentration camp we still can find our own inner peace in that space and they're the people and when a lot of the stories you see from like things like that the people who kind of just found happiness within themselves not within their exterior situation and it's you know the story about the farmer and the um things being like um what's the word what did he use um so every situation you have it can be fortunate or unfortunate you know Mm -hmm. and we have to see that everything actually work usually works out as a fortunate situation so Mm -hmm. for me like all the bad things that have happened in my life have been the things that I've grown the most from so this now is for a lot of people it's like the biggest worst thing that's ever happened yeah which is obviously also an overreaction because like <laughs> generations before <laughs> us were having wars man and we're like yeah got to be at home on our computer <laughs> bombs <laughs> dropping everywhere isn't yeah. it like imagine another yeah. generation like, yeah we had to like go into these bunkers and stuff yeah uh, So yeah, it's just, I don't know, just finding that equanimous mind like to to be in a peaceful state and actually see it as something beautiful because everybody is starting to connect on other levels. Mm Everybody's took a step back, lots of people. I don't know how it was with you, probably in New York City. It's just, it just never stopped. Do you know what I mean? Everything was getting faster and faster every yeah. year in the city. Busyness. You were doing this. You were going here. You were doing that. You were going to a class. You were getting breakfast with that friend. Coffee mm-hmm. there. Work. Doo-doo. And it was just like, I had to. that's why every year I had to go away to India. Because it was just like, what and the uh. Oh, yeah. Just
1: Reset.
2: Um, and a lot of people who I speak to now are just like, I don't ever want to go back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. You have to take a step back to be able to see that through fresh eyes and hopefully a lot of people will just go no I've you know I've got to make more time for my family I've got to make more time for my kids I've got to make more time for myself my practices um whatever it may be so it's just I think there's so much beauty to come out of this situation
1: Oh, I so agree. Oh, there's so much there. So the last, um, the last.
2: Sorry, I just, I talked that quick. I
0: love
1: it. <laughs> no, it's okay. And I, and when I let people talk and then I just kind of count on my hands, like all the thoughts that I want to address. Oh, nice. <laughs> and sometimes we get to them. Sometimes uh. we don't. No, but one of the, the last, I, like I said, I'm reading your book and the last chapter that I read was that you were with the meditation group and you all went out to stargaze at night and you were holding your arms out and kind of standing a standing meditation for, I don't know how long, you didn't quite say, I don't really remember, so you were-
2: Horrifically a long period <laughs> of time. <laughs>
1: That's what you said, but you, yeah, but when you were just describing what, you know, what we're all going through, I was just thinking of, of you being that microcosm of it, of, you know, just sitting there like, this is so uncomfortable, this is so uncomfortable, and then there was this big realization, this release, and even a vision, um, an, ex- an experience that you all had. And and I do, I feel like that's kind of what we're all going through right now too, collectively is this is so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, okay, just keep going. And I think that's the medicine that I, at least, cause I've gone through a lot. I have d- haven't done plant medicine, but I've done a lot of other other inner work and um, in just life <laughs> has worked yeah. me pretty hard. And And just knowing, like you said, that moment that you were, um, arrest or almost, or you were arrested, but you weren't sure if you were going away for a long period. That right. was like what you were rubbing up against and uncomfortable. But then it was like you said, this blessing, um, that, yeah. that really catapulted you into your own self-discovery in a more healthy way. Um, yeah. so it is, it's like, how can we look at, look at our own lives and the microcosm, like how we are working this through individually, but then, yeah, now we're all freaking out right now like what the hell is happening
2: it's like
1: just keep going just keep going
2: yeah Um, it has to to start from the microcosm you know it has to start from each individual there's no point us changing all these systems without people being ready the change has got to start from from each individual and like you know like Gandhi says be the change you wish to see in the world Osho talks about like
1: yeah
2: without people there's no there's no point changing the systems there's no point changing um the whole world unless the individual is ready so hopefully like this is this is a breeding ground there's a lot of people waking up through this a lot of people going that doesn't like why is the government telling me that that makes no sense to an intelligent person Mm -hmm. that that is you know you're telling me not to stand next to someone while you stood next to someone being interviewed. Um. So some people are just going, no, like this. And then, and then starting doing their own research. You know, I've had, yeah. I've posted stuff and people have one guy, he was like, I really thought you had lost the plot when you first, he said, but now I've done my research. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you knew, you knew. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've just been reading about it for a decade. So it isn't, none of it's of a shock to me Um,
1: yeah
2: and I think and especially I think in in our kind of yogic community there's a there's a there's a thing of like not wanting to upset anybody and Mm -hmm. I'm not going out (laughs) to upset people but I'm just I'm giving another perspective there's some information I'm not writing about it it's just like have a look at it if you want or not but with the with yoga as well is is a very is a thing of like well I don't want to lose any of my clients do you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. of what I actually know or what I think I I I have to step away from losing any any of those people and I know you don't always have to say something but it's it's I feel like a lot of people have like a lot of people have held it back Mm -hmm. and then it goes on to like the thing of but it, you know, is that is that congruent for yourself, for your own heart, like to um, not speak not speak your truth, especially when you're yeah. coming from a place of like as an awakened soul that has got yeah. information and got um, you know little little nuggets of wisdom and seeds that can that can help people because we're worried about you know our business. It's like the you know the Bikram the Bikram documentary, the people didn't call it out because they were worried about the business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These horrific things that were going on.
1: Yeah. There's definitely the business, but I also think there is a whole other level of spiritual bypassing of just still, you know, I think a lot of people that come to yoga um, with the best of intentions of healing and figuring themselves out and doing that work. But then sometimes, you know, it sounds like you dug in and did the work, you know (laughs) Um, it wasn't just something to put a bandaid over you know what you had gone through but a lot of people i i have seen and and my experience is they sort of just use it as the band-aid and they're not really looking at healing the wound because that's going to be a little uncomfortable so i don't really even though i have an inkling of the truth i'm not quite sure if i'm ready to tell people that (laughs) right yeah
2: yeah and he's just through fear of fear of a lot of things and i'm like well if i'm gonna go I have had to to talk to myself quite a few times and going like, I've got to be congruent with what I think and what I feel. Um, And not, especially setting up a new business with a business partner. And I'm like, I've spoke to her and I'm like, I need the people to be following us who know what I'm about and what I think. Yeah.
1: You
2: know what I mean? I don't want them to come to my thing and go, oh he thinks that I'm not coming again it's like no no I want to bring a lot of people together that aren't shocked by any of my views and my behaviors like um I want them to you know people have read my book and then still have posted stuff and they're like well I didn't think I'm like you've read my book what did you think (laughs) it's not not a fucking fictional book you know what I mean yeah you're (laughs) like this shit is real yeah yeah it's and 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 I think, like you said about this, the bypassing, and you you do have to go through a lot of, a lot, face a lot of dark, a lot of dark shit. Mm-hmm. And I did with my with my character and with my behavior and stuff. I wasn't like a really really bad person. I was always had a good time and was like quite loving and had a lot of friends. But I just I'd never had any positive male role models. Like, yeah. And I still don't re. I I do have a few in the yoga community but not from, you know, probably one uncle who's positive. Mm-hmm. I, kinda, I still see him and I'm like, you know, he's got good values and he's a good man. Um, but yeah. other than that, it was just, I wasn't around it.
1: Yeah.
2: What chance did I have as a, as a young man, you know? Yeah. That's why now when I, when I look at people and they're, they're having a go at people for certain things, it's like they're just on a journey. Like I, I mm-hmm. don't have to give them any hate. It's like when someone gives me hate, I know it's, it's theirs, you know, it's their yeah. hate. It, it, it's just, it's a trigger, like whatever you've said or put out is a trigger. And especially at the moment, I find there's so many people hating each other, you know. Yeah. It's like the Black Lives Matters have I've got to come out and say, we're not saying... All lives don't matter. I'm like, right, you know, you know
1: We just need to be heard. Why have
2: they had I to know. say that? Like, why are people thinking they just think black lives matter? No, they don't. Like they just yeah, it's something that's going on for them. Of course they're gonna say black lives matter. It's but they're not saying that not all of them they, why why do they even have to say we're not saying that? Do you know what I mean? It's quite yeah. obvious are not saying that. Um otherwise because if they was, it it's just the same as what was going on before. It, so um yeah it's just it's it's very very interesting times and there's a lot of it's just it's people's own hate you know what I mean it's just getting it is. It's like a tennis match you can see it I see it online somewhere I'm like yeah. wow everyone's just beefing each other out
1: <laughs> yeah it's true I mean I've been I've done a lot of work on, in trauma and uh, for my own self but then also for part of my teaching and it's mm. I just I feel like with the pandemic and then the second wave being black lives matter it's just these waves of different triggers like we're all being triggered all of our traumas personal generational institutional collective like all of our trigger all of our traumas are being triggered right now and it's coming out like with hate and with anger and rage and sadness and sorrow and and also joy because it's all in there too um yeah, it's a very int- it is, it's such an interesting time that we're in and that we're sharing yeah. together.
2: And who uh, would have thought the Australian fires would be forgotten, Do you know? I mean?
0: uh, which I feel <laughs> like, like
2: that was year, sort that of at like the... Biggest thing.
1: Yeah, and that was sort of just at the, when, when was that now? Was it at the beginning of, of the year?
2: Yeah, it was like December. And the
1: d- December, yeah. It's, I feel mm-hmm. like that was almost, and so I don't know if you know this, but I, you know, thanks Facebook, somebody posted an article about how, you know, our world, our earth, right, has, um, like, we can think of the earth as a body. And they were saying how Australia are our lungs of yeah. the earth. And earth is, um, and lungs in Chinese medicine is grief. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking of how, like, it, our earth was grieving through, through these fires. It was on fire grieving. And then all of a sudden, here we are with, you know, that pandemic that spread around the world, like wild, like a huge fire.
2: Yeah it's that like attacked it's, our lungs it's, it's like that's it's gonna attacking go our the chakras really isn't it it's like yeah that bit the fire then people's hearts are starting to open and now people are like screaming mm-hmm. and trying to communicate and yeah know,
1: yeah it, God, it is it's God, going God, up into God the body
2: kicking soon which is which is yeah cool. and apart- yeah. I, I was reading a, I was reading a channel transmission the other day and it was just like saying that you know September is when these like a major shifts going to happen where a lot of people are going to wake up all the systems are going to start to collapse, mm. and like for, for me, this
1: coming September or be last. Yeah,
2: September. this coming lot okay. I was stuff,
1: like, I think it's already happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, but most stuff's gonna where it actually. Yeah, I know it's happening, but I think yeah. where you're actually gonna be aware that, oh, them systems don't exist. Like I, I used to talk to people when I was at, when I was at university, and I'm like, like, you know, one day London won't exist, and they're like, what? I'm like well it won't like history tells us that that won't exist at some point in you yeah. know and people are like and I'm like the Tory party and the Labour party in the UK won't exist at some point and then the last like five years I'm like I don't think they will exist I think they'll disappear within my lifetime and I think a lot of these systems will you know they're just they're not sustainable. Like. It, it's not possible yeah. for them to survive and then the more that the planet awakens and I, god if they don't exist by the end of this year i'd be so happy <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well, they weren't
0: working
1: anyway, so let's get rid of them yeah
2: exactly exactly
1: yeah oh my goodness um do you mind sharing? I haven't gotten to it in this part of the book, but would you mind sharing you know that big day, the end of the Mayan calendar, which was twelve twenty one twelve yeah um do you mind sharing or should we just read your book like what was that experience no, no, like I can
2: I can share it um okay so it was so I went on a pilgrimage from the first of December till the twelfth, so the twelfth is like the twelfth of December twelve twelve twelve. Mm-hmm. is the first date? it's almost like you know the your advent calendar before Christmas it's like the energy starts kicking in from the 12th yeah getting ready for the explosion of the 21st so it was just like the pilgrimage was magical like you can read in the book about the experiences that I had of like Seeing somebody channel, feeling energies, being in a group, um, exploring Mayan sites, going through a lot of healing processes personally, but realizing you were doing a lot of these ceremonies for the collective consciousness of the world. Um, and then, so from t- the 12th till the 21st, I was in a place called San Marcos, which is um, on Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just meeting incredible, incredible humans every day. Like I made like mm. two families and then one had go and another one. Had, and I'm just like, wow, like people that I'm still in touch with now who are just insane human beings and synchronicities were happening. And obviously it was, it was people from all over the world had come to Guatemala for that, for that time. So it was also, you know, a lot of like you're wanting to get mashed up on LSD hippies um <laughs> and trans parties and stuff but then there was people who were there to do spiritual work to do ceremonies um and it ended up that we went to a really local ceremony for the 21 12 12 with these it was like a lot of crystal skulls i don't know if you know anything about the crystal skulls and the yeah so like the the information that they hold and the secrets of like the universe and stuff um and so we just did this ceremony there with with all these mayans and locals and spanish people well um guatemalan spanish and it was just it was just real it was just a beautiful beautiful ceremony um and we did the ceremony the night before to welcome in the energies of the, of the next day. And f- cause it was like the planets aligned that evening. Mm. And then the next day was the celebration and everybody came. Um, and it was just so interesting that like we put all our prayers for the world, for ourselves, for our families into the, into the fire. And like so many of mine have manifested, it's ridiculous. And so many of like people, so cool. that was, I was with a couple of Aussie girls and like, a lot of amazing stuff's happened for them as well. Um and then we went to bed like really early, like seven PM or something on that day. Okay. And we slept like five of us slept for 16 hours. Like wow. Like boom out of the gate. And we were just like, What what's just happened? You know, I've never slept for 16 hours ever. It was just like, the energy was just like, boom, right? Now you rest and you integrate and you download and just yeah. so, much, so many things that, you know, I only woke up to spirituality 12 months before that. So mm. I was just like, fuck man, I woke up at the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> A year later, i be in Guatemala. Like, have been yeah. In have been in, it was the year before that I should have gone to prison. Oh, wow. Okay. And next year, I'm in Guatemala but it was just, it was just meeting incredibly conscious humans who, whose values were incredible, who were into alternate healings and practices. And yeah, it was just, it was just, it was probably one of the most magical times in my whole life in terms of the people that I met and the experiences that I had.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: And so you wanted wanted the big things. You were like on the 21. Right. (laughs) <laughs> where's the asteroid man where's the asteroid
1: <laughs> i know yeah so i was still here in the states and yeah it was you know the news or whatever was telling you that oh the end of the world and yeah i remember being like oh well, you're still alive okay cool yeah.
2: so it was well, sort of the, that was the misinterpretation of the, right. of the west was that it was never the end of the world it was it's it's the end of a calendar that lasts for five thousand yeah. six hundred years yeah it just it just starts again. It's like it's <laughs> like if we got to December the 30, 31st every year, and was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's January the first. Great. Do you know what I mean? It's like that <laughs> yeah. Western, that, the Western dramatization of fucking yeah. Everything.
1: We and always have to. The, have the drama. Are like,
2: "We never said that." <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: just... we're just gonna do it again. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. But in the age of the feminine, like moving into this <sighs> yeah. feminine feminine driven world and again we were we were expecting that overnight as well but it's it's a process and it's something that we're you know it's very evident to see that it is building people want everything straight away um but this is you know it's i think we stay in the age of the feminine for another is it two thousand and so years
1: i'll take it let's
2: do it something like that but obviously like 200 years from now we'll be well into the into it and things will be like integrating yeah. um and it's also for men to be able to step into their feminine as well um mm-hmm. actually start to practice um masculinity true masculinity not like machoism and war and all this bullshit that men have been bravado and ego mm-hmm. um, it's to step into this like authentic masculinity which is has like a real connection to your femininity as well as a man um, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to encourage a lot of males to do and, and you can see like even just in the UK like the last 20 years how just how everything is like the pub culture's changed everything when I was a kid revolved around drinking in the pub and now these other options, other opportunities, these men looking after their health, there's men, you know, not drinking, there's like men wearing makeup, which to me is going too far, but you don't mean (laughs) like this. We're allowed. We had that
1: in the 80s with David Bowie.
2: Yeah, yeah, but he was, he was, he's an alien and he's, (laughs) he's allowed.
1: (laughs) No, anybody's allowed, like anybody's allowed
2: to express themselves however they, however they feel fit. Yeah. And I think, I think, wearing makeup as a man's amazing but I just I'm just not into like, like I think as an expressive creative thing like Bowie but like when a man just is wearing you know foundation and stuff I find it a bit it's funny yeah especially like someone who's is deemed see themselves as masculine you know yeah well
1: yeah that's that's how they're expressing themselves I'd love to I like to so wear paint back. and stuff and maybe like, you need to start doing it I might just do, see how it I feels do. you might surprise yourself we
2: do you it at the be, raves at the events yeah. we do it
1: maybe do you need it. to get some of the like fake extension eyelashes too just throw it I in just, there
2: i just don't like it taking me a long time <laughs> to get ready so, i
1: agree with you yeah you know I
2: mean? the less time it makes yeah. me to get ready i can be doing yeah this
1: stuff. <laughs> i i agree with you on that yeah i'm totally with you on that um uh, i just had a, a question about for you, but now it just left my brain. Um, what do you feel like? So you're kind of talking about what it's happening now, but in your ideal world of Liam Brown, what do you, what does your ideal world kind of look like? As you're talking about you embodying the masculine, discovering that for yourself, and teaching that to other other people, specifically men. What do you what do you feel that that looks like for you?
2: I think it's a world. We create where with with satire with truthfulness with honesty, where we can be like um yeah, we can be honest with everybody, you know, not to hurt people or like say, "Oh, you look shit today, you know yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. like honesty um in terms of how we are with our relationships, and hopefully we can create men and and a society where people aren't being born and having to go through so much pain and suffering that they then have to heal when they get into the 30s yeah. because it's too much to handle that we can we can the, the parents of this next generation can be nurturing loving open honest with their kids so that that they can they can develop like without having a midlife crisis, without having a breakdown yeah. on the Saturn returns, um, just where yeah, people, people take ownership of their their own shit, and before they get into a stage of wanting to have make another generation, they've processed a lot of things. And I know in a lot of my community, you know, people aren't having children till a lot later, um, but maybe then if we have children that aren't as fucked up, they can have children whenever they want, you know? Yeah. Whenever it feels feels right. But like for me, like, I don't know if you've read, read Huxley's book, Island. It's like this utopia. Um, Yeah. It's, it's just, it's a beautiful book. Um, About this utopian Island and where people um, are very switched on to the spiritual, spirituality and their own gifts come Quite quite quickly, um, there's no fear about death. People live a lot longer. Children are allowed to be at births and at deaths. You know what I mean? It's just a part of what they're doing. So not like they're not hidden from stuff that's really is normal. Um, and they do a lot of climbing. And at 16, they all take magic mushrooms to like okay. see this other reality of the existence that they're um, living in and yeah i think i think to i think even stuff like that for your children to be able are to experiment with what they are what whatever you know whatever comes up in life um, yeah. and to be open with the parents and f- for the parent not to be like no you can't do that you know because yeah. that's the worst thing you can say to a kid it's like well yeah i'll go and do it somewhere more dangerously then you know that's yeah can't be supervised but yeah just a world where we're not we're not running around like chasing our tails and actually having when I went to India I was just like what what is our purpose in in the west you know what are we Mm -hmm. striving for it doesn't seem like there's any heart-based other than to make more money and to be successful There wasn't anything and especially here like I never felt like is we don't really have religion anymore in the UK you know it exists but There's nobody that I grew up with who has a a religious path. Um, So it's like, okay, so how can we make a world of yogis really or with people with like values or a system of values to stick to that aren't like dogmatized by a religion, you know, or has this other thing of hating somebody else, which, you know, a lot of the religions are, well, this is the right path. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's
2: like, okay, no, this is just a path. Like, and it can be as beautiful as you want it to be. And just to, I think, yeah, to have them, those values from an early age and something that you can follow is beautiful. Especially, yeah, especially like kids whose parents are, you know, into into yoga, into the eight limbs of yoga and see them as like a, a set of principles to try and achieve, to try and follow.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, the Yamas and the Yamas are like the 10 commandments, right? But it just, it looks like, and we can see that in yoga too, sometimes how it, there is a dogma to it. You know, if people take it so, um, I guess, literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if I don't do this, then I'm not a good yogi. And there has to be a little bit of space to move and breathe. And um, when you said that, the quote that I just shared in my class today was from the Vedas of, you know, the truth is one, but it speaks many languages. I might be paraphrasing that. But there's, yeah, it's it's a path. It's not the path. So, yeah, yeah, that's so important for us. I think, especially since we're both in a, have the privilege to share our teachings with people, you know, from, before to carry that on is to just continue to say that like this is what works for me, and here try it. It yeah, might so, work yeah. for you. Yeah. And
2: you as a teacher as well. What you want to do is you want to empower everybody. Well, even you know, like you were saying, what's the? I think the most important vision for the future would be have each individual vibrating at their their highest potential, achieving mm-hmm. at their highest potential, um, without without blockages, clearing whatever blockages are necessary for you to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I don't know how much you want to share about, you know, your childhood, but you know, you had a hard childhood with your parents and, and, you know, I I have similar background as well. And it's just what you were saying earlier about the trauma, right? If, if, if we are still carrying our shit and we put that on our children, then there are children or you, you were, you weren't just healing yourself. You were actually healing something from your father, right? Whatever yeah, yeah. was imposed upon him was carried into you in some way, even if it was just by witnessing it. And you're kind of working through that now. And, and now you're going to create this safe space for when you have a child that, you know, you'll, you'll be able to create that more safe container. You might mess them up in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Parents but you it. <laughs> yeah but you're doing the work you're like cleaning it out cr- you know trying to create a safe container as so you can not like in a place of protection and like oh I can't have you like you said the the children are seeing br- br- birth and death and and so it's mm-hmm. it's just creating like a space that c- they can be open and accepted and and yeah. not like out of a, f- a place of fear or or somebody else's trauma that they're carrying or grief or
2: yeah because I think a lot of I just think a lot of people don't understand how, how much that, you know, it, it, it affects a child. And, and a lot of people don't understand how much it affects what, what you're up to when the child is in the womb. Like mm-hmm. how much that affects, people just think it can't see. Do you know what I mean? Or right. if the child's a toddler and it's in the other room, like, and it's asleep and it doesn't hear anything, but there's something wrong going on
1: in the house
2: yeah. just the en- yeah the energy is pouring into them like and it and it and it's not good and it's okay we have to take responsibility to mm. protect the cho- the children as mu- as much as possible and yeah and do as much of our healing as as we can before we 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 go down that thing and like for me it's yeah it's Trying to, I've still got loads of healing to do. Like this, I don't think it ever ends. Um, oh. <laughs> but it's like you're healing for your ancestral line, you know, and you're in, and your ancestral line in the future. You're helping them to free up this space to eradicate these um, diseases, these toxins in your ancestral line, so that hopefully you're making a easier path for your future generations yeah. come to come into.
1: Yeah, there's a Native American um saying that when you take the time to heal, you're healing seven generations behind and uh, and, uh, and yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah,
2: which is like so. full power, you know. And it that's is. what I talk about. Like, um, you know, when you're doing something that's that's uh, for other people, it comes back. Like Deepak Chopra talks about it. Like it comes back sevenfold. So that kind of makes sense yeah. with the Indian proverb.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I feel like what you're saying is already happening. I mean, I, we're seeing how, I don't know if there have been protests there with Black Lives Matter, but um, we're been seeing a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's been amazing to see so many in our country here that have been led by by youth, like young yeah. young kids, just kids, and then also young adults. And it's just, it's, given me a lot of hope you know that that this generation you know maybe a little bit older than us you know who are who have just raised those children are yeah. have been doing the work and we'll just continue to see that grow and grow and grow um so I yeah, feel I'm invigorated by that yeah, yeah it's,
2: it, it, that's what's so exciting like all these crystal children and these star seeds especially the crystal children it's like I think it was, was it from like 2008 all these crystal children are getting born We've like. Mm superpowers so it's going to yeah. be exciting to see when they come into like adulthood like you know mid-20s late 20s you just be like yeah and you see some like... of them. Oh, I see some of my friends kids and I'm like wow like Pfft. they're they're gonna do special stuff
1: yeah well you're doing special stuff <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you so are you
1: yeah yeah Amazing. so what yeah what are so you were to. I want to go back to the yoga rave where we kind of started with this whole come back full circle. So, what does that look like right now? Um, where, where, where can we join?
2: Well, you can join. Um, you can check out the Liam Brown Love page on Facebook. We do a yoga rave yeah. every. Sunday GMT 11am there's not oh there is one this Sunday there's not one this Sunday after because I'm booked on like three festivals for International Day of Yoga so it's like oh yeah I saw
1: you're doing lots,
2: that a lot of stuff going on that weekend and I'm so I'm teaching I'm teaching for a couple of festivals so there's not we're not having our own um, yeah. class on that day and I'm going to Stone Circle in the Lake District to do some... Um, we can't camp, apparently, because the campsite's not open, but we're just going to stay up all night, drink loads of cacao, chant, <laughs> connect, get rid of our old shit, bring in some new shit.
1: Nice.
2: Um, and, yeah, so that's going to be a pretty magical weekend. But, yeah, it's going Just on the on my Facebook page, most Sundays at 11 a.m. for the foreseeable future, however long that this carries on for, um, and then we, we the aim is to take the to take the yoga rave all around the country because nice. every t- and everybody who comes is just like, "Oh my God, that was like another level i yeah. wasn 't expecting that it blew me away it 's made me people have said like it was making the flu float, were floating on a cloud for like two weeks after she went someone was like it it was that powerful, I could feel it for two weeks after, and she went and i because for me, I'm not a yoga teacher who goes, okay, so come to my class for six months, and, you know, maybe we'll get and I'm like, let's fucking do it today, like, let's get rid of your shit today, let's get rid of your shit relationship, let's get rid of your shit job, or improve yeah. it, or change it, like, let's 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 put in some super effort to get to where you want to be not like oh maybe i'll think about that I'll, I,
1: yeah uh, i don't
2: i don't want that i want like you know like, let's get oh, in I've there got put, i've got to put the bins out on thursday it's like i'll do it on thursday do you know what i mean like <laughs> know, i'm not i'm not gonna Oh, you know oh that was too much the energy's not right you know it's like no let's be yeah we're still living in this world of we've got to make things happen you know there's I'm doing a vision board, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it and I'm not going to do anything proactive to try and get me there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, it's like the class is, you know, um, the mantra is let go, let go. For the love of God, let go. Fuck's sake, Jesus Christ. Come on, what's <laughs> wrong with your, let the fuck go. Um, Hand it over to God. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we chant that we chant that a lot in the classes and uh yeah a lot of stuff comes up for people and then we practice and then we breathe and it's something special happens in the room it's like it's almost hedonistic like the breath sh- breaths people are taking at the end and I'm like what's going on are we in a birthday workshop or something like <laughs> what's happening well, the first time it happened but it's just the energy in the room like sometimes it comes through a little bit on the live the live classes but not every time it depends Mm -hmm. but in the when we do the actual physical in a room together yeah it's 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 super magical so what we're trying to do is we want to we want to also rather than just give these people an experience which when we first started I thought it's just an experience it's like entertainment you know yoga entertainment but no we were like no something deeper is happening in this space yeah. with the collective energy. So we've really want to create like a support network for people once they've left, like, you know, kind of like a 12 step program
1: or mm-hmm.
2: like a, a course, like a conscious course or like something to do with the four, the four agreements, but something so they can keep their progress yeah. going and keep even something like what, cause we make and make a commitment of something that they need to transform or let okay. go of in that class. Um, even if it's just we we check in with people like how you're getting on with the thing that you said you wanted to transform in in the class you know yeah stay on people's cases like come on yeah hold them
1: accountable yeah. and create support yeah, yeah so that's, that's, that's what we want to
2: do but we want to take yeah. it we want to take it all over the world because i think it's that's, it's yeah. a, I think it's like something that's pretty special
1: it sounds special so it sounds like it's uh, the arc of a yoga class but then then there's like this whole dance aspect to it as well.
2: Yeah. So I'll just Correct? give you a, like a brief sort of Yeah, like, if you, you don't know, mind how it, how it goes. We start off with poet I do some poetry spoken word, like um stuff that I've written. Um, and then I'll do a talk on whatever like a dharma talk at the beginning, but mm-hmm. apparently it's a cross between like a dharma talk and a stand-up comedy set, <laughs> which is like <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, That's good. But, uh, yeah. I'm in my element when I'm in front of like loads of people. I'm like, get me 10,000 of them. I want 10,000. <laughs> um, nice. And yeah. And then we go into a chakra dance. So it's like a choreographed piece of music that moves up the chakras. Um, um, obviously, transcending into Sahasara chakra where everyone's mm-hmm. opened up, but we've danced like everybody's got sweaty.
1: Yeah.
2: And we chant Gate Gate. Um, and then everybody will take a breath, feel like the vibration of the mantra, and then banging rave tune will come on, and we just practice a heavy duty um, sort Not of Jiva Mukti style kind of okay. hardcore your um, flow. Okay, and, then I'll, and I'll break it. Then I we come out of that with some balances, and then we drop to like hardcore you can't not dance tracks <laughs> and the whole room goes mental we come back into flow move through that again for another half an hour and then drop another two banging tracks and then everything starts to come down, comes mm. down like floor work um obviously we flip upside down uh, headstand shoulder stand Everybody comes down into shavasana. Everybody gets a head massage. We come out. We breathe together for a little while, a little meditation. um, And then we will usually finish on a song called By The Beloved um, called Let's Come Together Right Now, Always in Sweet Harmony. Oh, I think think the track's called Sweet Harmony by The Beloved. Yeah, and that's it. And then everyone. Goes and I have to go and meditate and get my energy back because the first couple of times yeah, it was just like depleted beyond belief, yeah. and I, just because I wasn't, I wasn't, cha- I was channeling my energy rather than got an infinite source of divine energy, like
1: yeah,
2: tap into that. <laughs> yeah, let's use you know?
1: that as a resource. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it sounds like a beautiful dance between form and formless, like the form being the asana and then the formless being the dance. Yeah. So it sounds like a really beautiful, uh, beautiful dance between the two.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's just like the, the, the collective energy that's created. Like I've had people come in and because it's a quite a dynamic practice. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, these people coming who've maybe been to one yoga class before. And I'm like, oh, they're not having a good time. Like they're struggling, are they getting pissed <laughs> off? And I'm like, no, I've got to keep going with my what I've choreographed. Um, yeah and come up to me at the end and go that's the most amazing thing I've ever done yeah like Jesus I was like I thought you wasn't having a good time <laughs> like, <laughs> I was struggling with some of the things but it was just amazing to be in the space so
1: yeah
2: yeah I mean blessing.
1: I always try to remember you know when I first came to this yoga practice specifically the yoga practice it was so uncomfortable in a lot of ways and we have to remember that as teachers too of you know we can't just be there to entertain them and yeah. have yeah it's hard. it can be challenging for us you know our egos sort of want to be feeling good and <laughs> taken yeah, care and, of too i'm and,
2: and trying to i'm going into things knowing that yeah. the discomfort and the uncomfortableness is the like is the seed isn't it it's like yeah that's the, that's the beauty of yeah. developing things
1: yeah oh that be sounds lovely in that. yeah how did you find your way because yeah i'll share more about mine another time but yeah it sounds we are like you said before we recorded it sounds like we're on sort of the same path so i'm curious to to know um how you found this way of practicing and and how to share it with people did you have a moment or was this just over time
2: yeah i think i think i think going to jiva mukti classes and and a teacher that i practice with um called Andrea Everingham who's got a studio in Cholton in Manchester and just like realizing you could put on like you know dance music and then realizing with the Jeeva Mukti style there's a lot of choreographed sort of music into the sequences and then obviously when I started teaching on my own I was like I, I, I just want to teach I want to teach as Liam Brown I don't want to teach <laughs> as somebody else so I should play music that resonates for me mm-hmm. um and just start I started doing that because people were like you can't you can't play that people teachers were telling me to change my voice, like "You need, mm. you need a yoga voice, and I was like,
1: <laughs> oh, what is a yoga voice? voice for you like, like, like okay, now uh, we're going to the,
2: yeah, yeah, so I feel, um,
1: yeah,
2: it was just it, it was like, okay, and I think that's what. A lot of yoga teachers need to empower themselves to be to bring their own game to it, you know, not be cop- yeah. copying Dylan Werner or these yeah. other teachers. you know I've gone to classes of english English boys and I'm speaking it in an American accent, and i'm like what what are you doing Bro, yeah. what, what what's wrong with you? like that's not you, yeah. you, you everybody huh. wants to see you. you yeah. want to see you impersonating somebody else, you know what I mean and it's like yeah. It's that empowerment again. It's well, I'm not I'm not comfortable being myself in this situation, so I'll pretend to be somebody else. And we've all yeah. done that in the past. But it's like, okay, I need to get empowered to bring my true essence out, to bring my mm-hmm. game, because there is something beautiful in every individual to be That's able to so bring nice. their their that that to their practice and to get a following. You know what I mean? There's always gonna be people who will follow <laughs> you. Like you've got to find your your tribe, your your crew and people are scared of that
1: yeah I feel you well it sounds like you are definitely speaking your authentic voice and that's a really beautiful thing
2: (laughs) I hope you can I hope you've been able to understand my
1: yes
2: (laughs) my my accent and my ranting
1: I mean I have I don't know if people listening if they'll they'll just yeah they'll, they'll settle into it they'll find it
2: yeah, it's, it's english
1: yeah it's english it's just yeah yeah it's like gosh sometimes i go to the south here and i can't understand people with a southern accent and the states like whoa yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> try going to glasgow that's another word like you just said something but i didn't even hear a word of it
1: even you, you're like what the hell yeah it's what? funny yeah oh That's awesome. It's so nice sitting here and speaking with you and learning more about you, Liam. Um, So you said before, but do you mind just saying again, how can people find you and connect with you and and Um, be with uh,
2: you? Instagram handle is Liam Brown Love. The Facebook handle is Liam Brown Love. Um, My website is liambrown.com. My book Dealer to Healer is on Amazon. Um, It's on kindle you can buy all over the world you can get it on paperback um there's another book called hitchhiking which is about me hitchhiking around the uk and scotland scotland um which is available on amazon and you can get that on audible as well and the dealer to healer book should be available on audible in the next sort of uh hopefully month but that's been like the biggest project of my life I oh really ever, would never ever 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 record my own audiobook again and edit it <laughs> and do everything with it it's it, I must have yeah. I honestly like without without a lie I've probably spent at least 600 hours on it
1: wow
2: it's okay just took over my life
1: <laughs> well your book is a long book yeah that's do that like, Yeah, that's yeah it's not just like you just sitting there reading a like a short story that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna it's take a, proper, a while
2: it's a proper like a few a few people yeah. that have that, are, that have known me have got the book and they were like it was really thick and I was like thought I'd, I'd open it and it was going to be in really big font and, it was, <laughs> and it's was like, tiny I was like yeah it's a it's a big book it's like thanks for your confidence in me wrote <laughs> 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 a kid's book in a massive massive font <laughs> Well you have a
1: lot to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well it was actually double the size when I first wrote it.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's All been right.
2: really edited awesome. down and um, made to be as concise as possible. So and it's okay. and it's helping a lot. Like the yeah. the the reaction from the book has been incredible. The amount of people that it's inspired, that it's helping, that it's making them go, actually I need to get need to get my ass in gear or i'm gonna go traveling or giving them confidence to do things by seeing the situations that i was put in and with just having faith i was looked after by the universe all the time like i meditate every day put out my projections of how i wanted my day to go and magical things happened all the time and it was like amazing so to be able to empower other other humans to do that is like a blessing
1: yeah that's awesome i'm really looking forward to finishing it. I just got it Uh, I know yeah it's so fun that's awesome Uh, oh well thank you so much and yeah we'll definitely share all of that in the show notes too so people can just click on it thank you so much
2: you're a a really good interviewer I really enjoyed chatting with you
1: thanks yeah you too yeah we could talk forever and we're actually going to in a moment (laughs) because
2: I'm looking forward to getting your story yeah, so just let people know. Like, I've got a podcast called Dealer to Healer, which I that's right, yeah, all about transformation. And Phoebe's going to be a guest on my show next.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna get
2: to do all the listening, which is exciting. So, if you, yeah, it's so, all just a, it's a podcast all about transformation, metamorphosis, about people's people switch from normality to this more, um. Conscious spiritual yeah. life and putting their faith into something that they can't see rather than things that they can see.
1: Yeah, it's so amazing that we're doing this movement together, this similar and then our podcast. I mean, you know, that this podcast is called The Space in Between. So, same yeah, yeah. thing of this space of yeah. transformation, that kind of the gritty moments that yeah, get that's us what there. I,
2: that's, that's what I loved about what I was, when I was, you know, the Space in Between and about the 109th bead on the mala. Yeah. And, that's that's the thing in in these yoga raves we have the craziness and then we just come back to the breath and silence yeah. like and f- that's the most that's where people feel the power you
1: know yeah mm-hmm.
2: stillness so thank you for all that you're doing and keep thank you, you. on your podcast you you're smashing it
1: oh thank you yeah you are too yeah and we can find that pod, your podcast through the, your website as well I know yeah, that or so people can find your it podcasts yeah. It's, yeah
2: on everything so that's
1: awesome thank you so much liam
2: wicked